from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. We'll answer him. Hey, Joe questions once Jillio tells me what he's laughing about. I'm, I'm just over here. I've considered the end of Twitter. I'm, I'm just going to spoil all the Hey Joe questions right now. Okay? Well, why don't we just do Hey Joe questions? Because. Right now. Let's, let's, do, let's do Hey Joe. Let's do Hey Joe. And then we can Joe get to it. No need to spoil. We'll just do Hey Joe. <laughs> don't spoil Hey Joe. There, All are, right. there are times to smash the button. There are times to caress the button. This is a time to smash the button, but go ahead. Smash the button. Smash the button. All right, what do we got? All right, first one comes from Jay. Hey, Joe, did y'all pay Russell Wilson to help promote your podcast about him? Because there is no other explanation for the, his feature on Peyton's Places. Oh, there's an explanation for it. Did we pay him? Did you, didn't, you, no. didn't slide, you didn't slide something to Russell Wilson's people, did you? There's an explanation for it, and I've learned this from Joe Ovius in the radio business. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to play the hits. <laughs> and if you're Russell Wilson, and every single thing you've done since you left Seattle has backfired on you, yeah. including a disastrous subway campaign, then I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out what PR person signed off on that trash. You know what you do? You say, hey, man, the danger witch... Bad idea. Yeah. This whole, you know, pushing our way out of Seattle, and now every single person in Seattle dunking on us. Mm -hmm. Bad idea. You know how to get the people back. You know how to get the people going. You play the hits. You play Stairway. You play (laughs) Rock and Roll's Here to Stay. You play Johnny Be Good. You play every freaking Chuck Berry song that sounds the same, and that hit is... Tom O'Brien kicked me out of NC State. He didn't want me there. So, he said I was too short. He said I would never make it. So here is Russell. Here's a clip from the latest episode of Peyton's Places that was promoted today. And here, here is Peyton and Russell Wilson rehashing the thing that we've done our best to debunk. I call my former coach and I say, "Hey, I want to come back to NC State." He says, "No, no, no. You just go focus on baseball. You're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to make it in football." Hold on. Did I hear that right? Rewind that back. Just go focus on baseball. You're not gonna you're not gonna be able to make it in football. As Harry Carey'd say, holy cow. Wow. And I said, I you know, will you at least let me come back and compete? He says, no. They said I was too small. So then I I'm like, all right, well listen, I, I want my transfer pages. What do you mean? And I said, I, I want to be able to transfer so I can go continue my pursue my football career. I really had to make a decision. Am I gonna continue to pursue this baseball thing right now in the right. midst of it all? I'm starting every night at second. Or am right. I gonna go I don't play college football. And so uh, I was like, you know, I'm going to take the risk. If football doesn't work out, I can always come back to baseball. But you can't go the other way around. Right. Put, I, you know what? Put a pin in what he just closed that clip out with. Put, put, put a pin in that. Uh, I want to address that in a little bit. But, yeah, we, Jillio and I did a podcast. This, this was Jillio's passion project that I had a lot of fun putting together of Never Failed, the Russell Wilson story. And I thought it got in the hands of the people that needed it to, 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 to hear it. I know people in the industry heard the podcast. So here's my question, Julio. Why is Russell Wilson still allowed to tell the story the way that he wants to tell it without any pushback, knowing full damn well there's plenty to push back it's, on? It's a simple PR play. That's it. Okay. Because as we've talked about, it's his origin story, mm. and he believes it. So when he has a compassion for it, he tells it that way. And someone like Peyton Manning, who's just doing the thing to 
please Russell's PR people anyway because he wants people to come back on his program. Yeah, of course. Right? Like, Peyton Manning's not turning the screws on anybody in, in one of these interviews, right? So it's how do I get, how do I get some of the momentum back that I've lost? Mm-hmm. I gave a stat to you yesterday. If the Denver Broncos had just scored 18 points per game, they would be 8-1 and one right now. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're 3-6. and six. Yeah. Because Russ has lost a little bit on the fastball. I'm not going to say they're three and six all because of him, but he hasn't been good this season. The best thing to do is win because winners tell history. And that's why he got to tell the history. That and Tom O'Brien's indifference to it. Yeah, he Tom O'Brien's care. a man of principle who said the very first thing he says in this clip is, I called my coach. Mm-hmm. What he doesn't say was, I called my coach from the minor league team I was playing for after I was given the, the choice, hey, do you want to play football? Oh, I got to do this baseball thing because yeah. I'm Bo Jackson. Yeah. No, no, no. You called the coach. You couldn't go in and talk to him because you were in Rome, Georgia. Tom O'Brien was in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's why you called your coach. And your coach didn't tell you you were too short. The same coach tried to get you an invitation to the NFL Combine. The Combine didn't want you. The NFL didn't want you. And this isn't Joe Giglio calling the NFL. This is Tom O'Brien, who's already put four quarterbacks into the NFL. So guess what? And this is also Tom O'Brien, who has a relationship with Bill Belichick. So this isn't like some random guy picking up the phone and being like, hey, we'd really love to get Dennis Cox into the Combine this year. No, that's not what happened. It's very similar to to Roy Williams talking to his contacts in the NBA and making decisions when it's time for you to go pro. Yeah, think about all the different GMs that he knows. Roy takes that very, very seriously Mm -hmm. in the same way that Tom O'Brien would take that seriously. But there's one thing there at the end that Russell Wilson says that if I am a two-sport athlete or if I'm a baseball player that's tried to do both, the most insulting new thing that he said, because all the other stuff we've heard before, but what I had not heard before from Russell Wilson was what he said at the end. Oh, well, if this football thing doesn't work out, I can just go back to baseball. No, 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 no. I'll defend him on this in this in only this particular instance. In what sense? What he meant was if it didn't work out at Wisconsin. Yeah. And he didn't have the springboard, which we talked about in the podcast. Got what it. a perfect springboard it was. Got it. But what, was, what he was saying was he still had the two years left on the deal with the Rockies. So if he goes and fails uh-huh. at Wisconsin, yes, he could have gone back and played for the Asheville Taurus that next summer. Except he that could've. he was barely hitting above 200. I, that's, I get that part. I that's get that the part. part that I push back right. on. Baseball's not a – once you leave baseball, it's hard for you to go back. Sure. It's not the same way with football. But guys was- can go pursue a football career. The guys can go pursue a baseball career and flame out, go back to football, and have an easier time getting back into it and actually starting in the NFL. This is something that football people do not want to admit. It is much easier to pick up the phone, call a guy, and have him start a game and be functional than it is ever anybody that, hey, I haven't played baseball for the right. last couple of years. Hey, you want to go back out there? That's why I maintained that what Tim Tebow did by having not played baseball for however long it was, Forever. to go back and actually function in the minor leagues was spectacular because baseball is a brutal game that'll chew you up and spit you out, man. So I, I'm a little like, buddy, but that, no. I know what you're yeah, saying, yeah, it but I'm telling part, you right now, it would have been difficult for him to come it back. It would have been part of his normal cycle, though. That was his yeah. cycle, right? You play the football season, then you concentrate on baseball. So that... That part of it, I am willing to give him because remember he had to pay the he had to actually pay the Rockies back. Yes, after the year at Wisconsin, and then he ended up going into the NFL draft. He did have to pay the Rockies back a portion of his signing bonus. 
Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Next up. Yeah! All right, next one comes from Brian. Hey, Joe, when Twitter eventually goes fail whale, who will miss it more, sports media or sports fans? <laughs> Ooh. All right, so I'm, I'm, I have a feeling based on the news cycle and the way that Elon Musk, after buying Twitter, has gone about it. I feel like Twitter will stop functioning because there's nobody to fix it if something breaks, okay? That's like if your plumbing goes... And you can't call a plumber what happens. Well, you're done. You're flooded, right? So who's going to miss it more? Who values Twitter more? And that's a very easy answer. Sports media. Sports media places way more importance on the day-to-day shenanigans of Twitter than sports fans ever will. I'm not saying that sports fans don't value Twitter. But if Twitter were to stop functioning today... Fans would find other ways to interact with their teams and interact with other fans. In fact, there's already been a push to more private messaging as it relates to fans interacting with each other. And you have Discord, you have Reddit. Message boards will never go away, obviously. Uh, But you also have things like WhatsApp and Slack in terms of private messaging that allow you to get with your group of friends and just kind of shoot the breeze about your favorite team. And if you want to follow along, well, you're still Instagram, you know? TikTok is pretty active too, so there's all sorts of ways that you'll still be able to interact with your uh, with your, your with your favorite teams without needing Twitter. Now the immediacy of Twitter cannot be replicated, but I don't think fans would miss it at the end of the day. Us on the other hand, dude. Now look, for us it's just another for for people in my business. Twitter is just another way to distribute your stuff. All right. Even if there's a return, the return rate on what you put out there on Twitter isn't as great as Facebook and other places. It's still a good way to break news, keep up with the news. When Google had Reader, which was an RSS feed, I really enjoyed using it to keep up with news. Twitter replaced that. If that goes away, I don't know what's going to replace it. It's also a pretty good way to interact in real time with listeners to the show or what's going on during a sporting event. And there's the bragging rights, too, of I broke this, I'm the insider, who's, yeah, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure that any of that matters. Here's what matters. We, when you were the young producer, like the weekend show, yeah. was it ever your job during the Canes, like, pr- playoff hysteria? Hey, obvious, we need sound from Canes yeah. fans. Yeah, I do that all the time. Right? Hey, um, 2005, Carolina wins the national championship. Hey, Ovius, need you down at Franklin Street. Need you to get some sound mm-hmm. from Heels fans. Mm-hmm. You know what Twitter's great for? Hey, I'm looking for Canes fans. Hey, I'm looking for UNC fans. Hey, sure. I need some state fans. So, for in particular, finding and connecting with fans, Twitter is the best. You're right. And I, I would not be equipped to do that on Reddit. I would not be equipped to do that. Because what I was going to tell you was you can do that very thing. You can. By going, like, I can go on to the Panthers subreddit right now. Yeah, but the I'm, not equipped, Pan- I'm not equipped to do that. I'm not equipped to do that. I can go to the Hurricanes subreddit right now and do the exact and I'm more thing like, that you just brought I'm up. I'm more like the normal person 
and you are advanced when it comes to like finding oh. things and doing things. The sad part is I'm not as advanced as I used to be. Well, we all get old, Joe. <laughs> we all, all lose a little bit on the fastball. We, I have lost my fastball a little bit. But to answer the question, if, if Twitter were to go away right now, it would be very, very difficult for people in sports media to function because the lifeblood for them is through Twitter. And I will say this, too. You talk about young, you know, your young producer days and doing the XYZ. Twitter is a good way to get your stuff in front of the people that mattered. If you wanted to get into this business, highlighting what you might have done in terms of graphics could have gotten you a job. What you did in video could have gotten you a job. Your opinions might have gotten somebody to notice and put you in an opportunity that you might not have had before. That's where, again, but that's a value to people in the business, not necessarily sports fans, which I think would be just fine without Twitter. That's Hey Joe. If you got any questions for us, just use that hashtag, which might not function in a week. Who knows? Twitter might die. I have no idea. But use that hashtag, Hey Joe, and we'll answer them like we always do this time of the day. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away let's go to the heaster automotive group hotline say hello to ryan wilson pick six podcast um hi ryan how are you good afternoon guys when you said five stars i thought you were gonna say me but uh well, you, i guess hey I... hey you're a five-star <laughs> guest and we appreciate that um the eagles are no longer five stars they're no longer the perfect best thing you can have after the loss to Washington last night, but I, I feel like we're in peak buy or sell mode. I'm I'm not selling the Eagles just because they lost last. They're going to lose at some point. And credit to Washington for having a really having a really good game plan. Run the ball, run a bunch of plays, keep it out of their offense, win that middle eight. I don't know if a lot of teams can replicate that, so I'm not selling on the Eagles just yet. No, I think that's right. And it felt like a confluence of events. There were three turnovers by the Eagles. Uh, the one, A.J. Brown appeared to catch the ball, and then gravity-defined interception came off of that. And that what was a perfect throw by Jalen Hurts. There was also the Quez Watkins fumble after he caught a huge, another great pass from Jalen Hurts. And then there was the Dallas Goddard fumble uh, that was preceded by a face mask that somehow got missed. So if you're banking on that every single week, then maybe you have a chance uh, to, to beat the Eagles the way Washington did, but I do think there's something to run in the football. Jordan Davis wasn't there, the first-round mm -hmm. pick, who's enormous, and, and that sort of opened things up on the inside. It was almost 2-1 to one in terms of plays run by Washington compared to Philadelphia on offense, and you would imagine by the end of that game, after tackling Brian Robinson for 45 minutes, the Eagles' defense got tired. I, I think you're right, too. It sounds sort of hokey, but I think there is something for a young football team, especially to lose a game early on before yeah. it gets too deep into the proceedings. You know what it's like. You deal with the failure. You come back the next week, and you sort it all out. And then once you get to the playoffs, you're ready to go. So, yeah, every, there was not going to be any undefeated teams. The loss is not great, but it's not great in the same way that the Cowboys losing to the Packers wasn't great. I don't think that's any huge indictment on how the rest of the season looks for either of those teams. Allow me to be the bad guy here. What exactly is on the Eagles' resume that we are um, so excited about them? Because no. they, if they feel like Michigan football to me, they keep beating a bunch of crappy teams. And I get it. The NFL is not the Big Ten. But we would look through it here, Ryan. What do we got? They beat Minnesota. That was good. I mean, yeah. But the rest of this stuff, this is this them tying their shoes, isn't it? 
And the caveat is that Minnesota game, it was a primetime game, and we know that Kirk Cousins doesn't play well in primetime You got to play 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins. That's, That's right. who you got to get. You got to get 1 p.m. Kirk, <laughs> preferably on the East Coast. The 1 p.m. starts, the noon starts don't work for him in the middle in the Midwest. But the, the issue is this. When you look at the rest of their schedule, the Eagles, it's not tough. No, uh, it's not. <laughs> so we may not find out until January just how good they are. For me, the, the biggest selling point, because in August, the conversation was this. This team will be good if Jalen Hurts shows up. Jalen Hurts has showed up each and every week. They didn't lose because of Jalen Hurts yeah. uh, oh, no. yesterday. They lost because of the defense and then some untimely mistakes uh, with the turnovers. So I think if Jalen Hurts continues to do the things he's done, they'll be fine. Now, granted, they haven't been tested, and we'll find out what that looks like at the same time probably in, in January. And I'm assuming they lose a game or two between here and then. That said, I can only go on what we've seen what we've seen have been some pretty dominating performances. Typically, you, you want to beat bad teams pretty soundly, and, and they've done that um, certainly throughout a, a couple of these games. But you can say, look, they struggled to beat the Texans two weeks ago. That's true. The Texans leaned on Damian Pierce. They struggled to beat Washington. And we talked about the running game there with Brian Robinson. So we'll see if Jonathan Taylor gets a huge workload. I'm guessing he will in this next game. And, and then how it, how it sort of pans out after that. Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports, Pick 6 Podcast, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovia. It's, it's funny you mentioned that about Jalen Hurts. He's He's been productive, and that's why I'm, I'm also buying on the Miami Dolphins right now. With Tua Tagovailo healthy, we, we see the numbers they're putting up. People might want to point out, well, yeah, it's easy to do when you got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Wallace, but no, he's he statistically has been good too. And the Dolphins went all in, trying to get better too, bringing on Bradley Chubb, and they're now sitting atop the AFC East. This is not so much about the Bills and Josh Allen losing to uh, to Kirk Cousins and, and, the, and the crew. To me, this is just about the Dolphins being good. Are you also buying the Dolphins as they are? Yeah, and you make the point about people saying, well, he has Tyreek. That's the point. Right. <laughs> that's how it works. Like, don't knock it, man. That's Josh that's, Allen yes. has who? Josh Allen's career started taking off with Stephon Diggs out there. Maybe that's yeah. coincidence. It didn't hurt. Uh, Justin Jefferson turns out he's pretty good for, for Kirk Cousins' career. So you can go around the league and point to guys that have elevated the play of their teammates, and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is an example of that. And by the way, Trent Sherfield, the, the number three receiver, has had a you know a rising tides lifts all boats situation as well. He's been targeted a lot and benefited from the, the rest of the playmakers around him, allowing him to get the football. And Tua is playing out of his mind. There was a whole concussion thing that we talked about early in the season, and that's a, a, another conversation. And mm -hmm. it feels like the NFL has got their hands around that. But when Tua's healthy and he starts and finishes games, the Dolphins are undefeated. And they don't have a necessarily super tough schedule. Actually, they have tough games. So they have well, at San Francisco, at Chargers, at Bills. So they'll get tested. See, that's so where I push is, back because they did beat the Bills. Now, if, if you want to make the argument that they beat the Bills when it was super hot and the Bills don't know how to handle that, wake me up when they go to Buffalo and see how that's right. handled. I'm with you. But they also beat the Ravens in a pretty dramatic fashion. Um, and now we've got some true to I feel like the Dolphins are, are, are the more – they're a better version of how we talk about the Eagles. They have played people. They do have a difficult schedule coming up, and they've proven it. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And their schedule is considerably tougher as I look through it. Now, I do want to see what happens, and you, you sort of touched on this, when they go to Buffalo mm -hmm. in Week 15, and then two weeks later they go to New England. How do they handle the cold weather? Good news is running games and defense travel, Tua may be less relied upon in those situations if the weather isn't great. But I think Mike McDaniel is the right coach because he understands we can't just throw the ball 60 times because we have Tyreek and Jalen. We have to use these these running backs. I thought getting Jeff Wilson is going to be one of those under-the-radar trade deadline moves that ends up really paying off because he turns out he's a good football player. And uh, I think that makes Tua's life 
eminently easier. Mm. You touched on Bradley Chubb. I think that's going to be sort of the biggest second half of the season takeaway. How much does this defense improve? Because they've struggled at times for various reasons. And if Bradley Chubb can get after it uh, as an edge rusher, that'll solve some problems too. Ryan Wilson, Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Elvius. I'm Joe Giglio. All right, Ryan, you mentioned the next opponent for the Eagles is the Indianapolis Colts and Jeff Saturday. What did you make of analyst-turned-head-coach Jeff, Jeff Saturday's winning debut? I said it before the game. I said there's no way Josh McDaniel should keep his job if he can't beat a guy whose only coaching experience is going 20-16 at a small high school. Uh, here we are. My, Mark Davis has given Josh McDaniels a, a vote of approval Dreaded. going yes. forward. Yeah. So, but here's what I'll say. Like, I love this story just as an outsider because it's so something we never see in the NFL and there's so much drama. It's, it's a literally reality show starring uh, Jim Irsay. But here's what I'll say. And I, I make this comment all the time in, on Black Friday or whatever the day is when all the coaches get fired. Um, all these hot offensive defensive coordinators that get promoted for doing such great jobs dialing up plays. They're going into a job that is completely different from what made them so successful. Josh McDaniels is a perfect example of that. We see it around the league where these coaches get elevated, continue to do the play calling duties, Nathaniel Hackett, for example, and they struggle because it's a different job requirement. And I think maybe what Jeff Saturday brings, that dude didn't even need to wear a headset on Sunday. He was just being the cheerleader. He was making the tough calls when they needed on a fourth down or when to punt or whatever. And he let his coordinators coordinate. And sometimes I think, we overcomplicate football. And I think Jeff Saturday, who by all accounts is a great guy and a great leader, and maybe that's all you need to help turn this thing around in Indianapolis, uh, at least in terms of them being competitive. And, and maybe that's a, a lesson to the rest of the league that you don't have to complicate something that that is pretty simple. So I love that. Now, look, we'll see how this unfolds. They could lose 40 to nothing uh, this week, and then we're all like, eh, why'd they make the hire? But, but it's fun to watch in the meantime. Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports. Pick six podcast. We appreciate the time as always. Look, man, I, I I said yesterday, Jeff Saturday lived the dream. I mean, we talk, we we say all the time, oh, this team's not good. I mean, he tweeted it out. Raiders are horrible, <laughs> and the dude goes out there. If he walked off after that, would you blame him? Like, I don't need to coach another game. I said this team was horrible. I proved my point. I'm walking off. Is that not legendary status? We'd all love yeah. to have that happen. Absolutely. That's like a, a Rudy Rudiger story, but but better because he got a chance to play in the league, win a Super Bowl, and then he just came out of left field, almost literally uh, coached the team and just kept walking as the game ended Unreal. and said, peace out. No, it, it's, a, it's a great story. All right. We appreciate it, Ryan. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, guys. Career-driven individuals ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info/sps. Your journey begins here.